Live from Southern California, this is the Jim Rome Show. I got a question for you. Who's got the best record in the NBA right now? Never mind. I will answer it for you. The Golden State Warriors, and it's not even close. They're 10-1. They're the first ones to 10 wins. They've won six in a row, and they've got a two-game lead on everybody else in the league. But even more than that, even more than playing at a really high level, man, they're a blast all over again. Like, who says you can never go back? Wait, wait, wait. You cannot go back to 11-11-11. I mean, generally, who says you can never go back? Because you look at Golden State, man, they're a blast. They're fun as hell. And it's almost like they did go back in time. It's almost like it, the way it was back in the day. Andre Iguodala is back. Steph miraculously, is somehow better than ever. I half expect Mo Buckets to come off the bench and start lighting it up. All right, so Mo ain't walking through that door. But right about now, they don't need him to. Not when Steph is going for 50 and 10 in 35 minutes on Monday night, and not when Andrew Wiggins is going for 35 in 32 last night. So Wiggins did not want to acknowledge the last night's personal thrashing of Minnesota's revenge game. But it sure as hell looked like it, didn't it? It sure as hell felt like it, didn't it? It sure as hell looked and felt personal to me. And by the way, how could it not be? And there's nothing wrong with it if it was. In fact, I'd have a bigger issue if it wasn't personal. Of course it's personal. That was a fierce 35 from Wiggins. And a painful 35 for Carl Anthony Towns because Wiggins put two right on his head. His stat line for the night was 35 points, four rebounds, two steals, and two hammer jobs on Cat. Now, you know how you know that those were nice dunks? You know how you know they were really nice? Because they were even better than this. Just showing his versatility defensively, moving his feet. So here's your guy, Josh. Oh, Gary Payton the second, if you need him. Dude just got nice. Really nice, but like I said, that was not even the play of the night. Steph Curry feeding him on the break also so he could attack the rack again was not the play of the night. But check this. Son of the glove. That was so good. That was so nice. Jump into the passing lane, get the turnover, start the break, and then let GP2 finish it off with authority. So nice. Any other night, that's the play of the night. Any other night, that's the play of the week. But even Steph was not having that last night because Curry saw what Wiggins did to Towns, and Curry knew he was only going to get the bronze medal last night. Obviously, anytime you catch a body like that in their history, I'm going to need that one on my wall, I'll tell you that much. I think we're all going to need that one on our wall. Those Wiggins dunks on our walls. But then again, which one? Which one of the two? I can't pick. I'm going to take them both. There was this. Draymond just making sure Vanderbilt didn't get the ball. Steph thought about that from the hash mark. Oh! Man, I hope you're watching on CBS Sports Network. I hope you can see the video. You get a little momentum, go baseline, and then throw it down with authority. To quote that legendary 
Purdue announcer. That was beautiful. Beautiful. And I was falling out of my chair. That was an absolute poster job. Like, Cat, Cat's a quality dude, a quality dude who just got wrecked. Cat started to go up to try to contest that dunk, and neither he thought, yeah, that's not the best idea, and bailed, or Wiggins just kept on rising right past him. Either way, Cat's presence there did not matter, and either way, I'm not going to blame the guy for it. I'm not going to blame him for trying to bail out. I get it. I'm not going to kill this guy for not totally selling out to block that because that was only going to end in one way. With Wiggins throwing down and with Cat on an NFT, there was no way you were stopping Andrew Wiggins last night. Not when that guy gets into that space. He was electric. He was 10 for 10 before he missed his first shot. But as nasty as he was early on, he had even more filth coming for Cat in the fourth quarter. Gidala, the Jordan Poole, his three. Ah! Andrew Wiggins did not give up on the play. You got Carl Anthony, Carl Anthony Towns twice like that. Watch your head, Carl Anthony Towns. Yo. Yo. He did get him twice. He followed up that Jordan Poole miss with even more authority. He goes up, he gets it, he throws it down and cat like that big man owed him money. And listen to the crowd. You see that buzz. You see that juice. It's November 10th. We're 11 games into the regular season, but that building was shaking like back in the day, like game seven back in the day. Hey, I get it. When you see Golden State running the way they are, playing the way they are, it's actually starting to feel like a return to normalcy. And to be honest, I think it was fair to wonder if it could or would ever feel like that ever again in that building. Think about the last two seasons. Man, they were just weird. Weird for Golden State in the sense that they had to play without Klay Thompson, they had to play with a bunch of new faces, and they just didn't have that same swagger that we've all come to know about them, that same dominance. So I'm sorry to say dub nation haters, but it feels like they've got it back. It feels like it's all coming back. Steph Curry, the greatest shooter ever, is somehow better than he's ever been. He can hit you for half a hundred on any given night, but he's also crashing the glass better than ever. He's blocking more shots than ever. Draymond is back to dominating on both ends. And then they're getting big games from guys like Peyton, Poole, and more. And lost in all the hype about Wiggins was the fact that Kevon Looney went for 11-17. and 17 in that matchup with Cat. So what I'm saying is, not only are they back, man, they're deep. They're really deep. There's a lot of talent on that roster. The pieces fit really well together, and they can get to the basket at will and with ease. Remember, they went on a run late last season, and it felt like it was the start of something. And then you couple that with the start this season, and all of a sudden now you've got Golden State 25-6 and over the last 31. Like, that's not a fluke. That's no joke. And their defensive rating has been really good. So they're playing well on both ends of the floor. And when you see Wiggins go off like that, you think, look out, man. He didn't want to cop to it being a revenge game, but he didn't need to. We all, we all already knew it. Everybody knows this guy's deal. He's got more juice in games against Toronto, his hometown, more juice against Cleveland, his first team, and more juice against Minnesota, his second team. And when Wiggins shows up like that, the team goes to an entirely different level. Ask Steph. 
I'm gonna text Wiggs that picture of him dunking on Cat every game, like right before the game, see if that helps get the juices flowing. So you got 72 text messages for me coming, coming this way. So in other words, they're not just hot. They're good. They're really good. And it's about to get much better because they're getting close to getting a couple of key pieces back. James Wiseman could be back later this month. And, of course, we're getting closer to the return of one Clay Alexander Thompson. I know a lot of you don't like it. But the fact is, it doesn't really matter how you feel about Golden State. I don't care if you love them. I don't care if you hate them. I don't care if you don't care about them. I'm just here to say that team, that league, Pretty much the planet overall is better when Clay shows up. And if you can't accept that and you've got a problem with Clay, then you've got a problem with you because Clay is not the issue. You are if you have any issue with him. Like, I'm not saying that one guy is bigger than the league. I'm just saying that the association, as good as it's been the last couple of years, is about to get a hell of a lot better. I'm not going to hand out trophies in November, I'm not going to crown anybody's ass in November especially given how brutal the West is top to bottom. But if they do get their trophy and we do crown their ass in June, it would not surprise me at all. Man, the freaking Golden State Warriors, same as they ever were. In fact, you know what I'll do? I'll take a page out of Steph's book. I'm going to text you clones. I'm going to text you clones a pick of Wiggs Dunk before every show to try to get all of your juices flowing. Get the juices flowing. None of that weak sauce energy. It's November 11. We've got another five to six weeks until the end of the year. That's about 30 texts that you're going to get from me. Keep that in mind. I haven't seen a cat oft like that since my younger sister leashed up. Never mind. Cat's got to be looking around that locker room. Cat's got to be looking around the locker room like, dang, man. My dude, Wig, all happy. He's found a new love of his life. Cat's got to be like, man, I'm not looking at Twitter. I've been memed. I'm not looking at the standings. We've lost six in a row. I'm not looking at that schedule because that six will be 16 and then 26 before you know it. He's got to be thinking, the hell am I doing here? What What am I doing doing here? It's never going to get better. What are you doing? Well, what are we doing? Like, what am I doing? What am I doing with the Timberwolves? Like, they're always going to be the Timberwolves. What what am I here for? For for who? What are we doing here? For what? What am I doing? What are we doing? Why am I here? Like, what am I doing? What are we doing? Like, why am I here? Why does that dude keep dunking on me? What are we doing here? What are we doing? What are we doing here? You can access content from over fifty-nine different countries by changing your virtual location with one click. With NordVPN, you can be anywhere in the world virtually and access content from those regions. If you're outside the U.S., you still have access to all U.S. streaming services. You'll never miss your favorite show again. It is so easy to use, too. You might hear people say that VPNs have a reputation for slowing down your internet speed, but not with NordVPN because it is the fastest VPN in the world. And you don't have to sacrifice internet speed for better security. With NordVPN, internet traffic is routed through a secure, encrypted tunnel which protects your data and privacy. You can also have NordVPN on up to six devices so all your devices are protected. Go to nordvpn.com slash Rome or use the code Rome exclusive podcast code and get up to 73% off NordVPN plan plus a bonus gift. Be quick. Because this offer is for a limited time only. That's NordVPN.com slash Rome or just use the code Rome.
We are joined by Draymond Green. Draymond, it's good to have you back. How are you? I'm fantastic. Thanks for having me again, Jim. Dude, it's so good to have you, Draymond. Appreciate you. In fact, let me rephrase the question. Since it's been a minute or two since you and I have spoken, you've got the best record in the NBA right now. The team is playing really, really high-level ball. I know you got a little ding last night. Overall, how you doing? How is your life? How are things? Life is life is great. I definitely got a little ding last night. Pretty short today, but uh, in the grand scheme of things, uh, small thing to a giant. But life's great. Uh, my family's amazing. Um, season's going great. You know, I always say winning cures all. Winning is fun and. You know, so things are going great. I can't complain. Dude, I love that response. It's a small thing to a giant. Draymond Green joining us. You know, winning does cure a lot of things. You were so used to winning, and then the team goes through a stretch over the past couple of years where you weren't winning nearly as much as you had in the past. What was that time like, and then how does it feel to be playing elite ball once again? Uh, that time sucked. Um, I, had, I had never lost like that in my life, so not only – um, was it a big change from what we had been doing the previous five years before that? But I, I just had never really experienced losing like that in my life. So uh, it was it was really tough, and it, and it wasn't fun. Um, you know, you walk, you go from walking into an arena every night, knowing like ah, if we want to win this game, we'll win the game. You know, and, and then you go if the total opposite end of the spectrum of walking into arena every night, kind of knowing that you're probably going to lose that game. It was brutal. Uh, I always say people say losing is hard. Like, the feeling of losing sucks. But actually losing is easy. And and so it was hard to deal with. But I prefer winning any day and the stress that comes with that and everything that you put into the game to win. Draymond Green is joining us. What a great response that is. You know, I'm looking at your credentials. I read them off the top. And as good as they are, and again, we're talking about you being Defensive Player of the Year in 16-17, third in the Defensive Player of the Year voting last season, despite being recognized as one of the better defensive players in the game year in and year out, I'm still not sure the average fan really appreciates the work you do on that end of the floor at your size. Draymond, guys who go 6'6 are not supposed to dominate on that end of the floor. How have you been able to do that for as long as you have and what's your mindset and approach on that side of the court? Well, Jim, I think the average fan also don't understand what they're looking at on that side of the floor. You know, we can all look at the ball go into the hoop and know, oh, man, that guy is scoring. But the reality is I see a lot of times guys score the basketball and it doesn't affect winning. It doesn't really impact their team in a positive way. But, yet, if people see you scoring the basketball, they're like, oh, man, that guy's good. Um as far as the defensive side of the ball goes, most people try to quantify it by steals or blocks. And you can't quantify defense by steals or blocks either because there's so much more that goes into the defensive side of the ball. And so for me, um, I know a lot of fans don't appreciate it. And you know, I, don't, I don't get off on them appreciating it, so I'm fine. I don't you know, judge myself based on what they think or what they see. I judge myself based on... Um, how I feel, what I see, what I know I can do better, which is, which I'm pretty sure is way a way tougher scale than, than most people would judge on. So I'm fine with that. Um, as far as holding down the floor at 6'6", at six, six, uh, I think one thing for me, I've seen over the course of the years in this league, guys or teams try to play 
guys because they're similar in height at the five, you know, six, 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 seven guy to five. And the reality is you have to understand what it is to be a big man in order to truly do that. And for me, um, although I've always kind of played point guard growing up on offense, I always had to hold the middle down on defense my entire life. And so I learned how to play defense like a big man learns how to protect the paint. And I think that helps me. I think that helps us when we, when we are small. And I think that's what's been the key to my success uh, on the defensive side of the ball and playing against guys that are much bigger than me, usually uh, by five, six, seven inches, um, usually outweighed by 30, 40, 50 pounds. I think that's what's benefited me. Talking to Draymond Green, you know, to that point, Draymond, when you say that other teams look at you and they look at a guy who goes 6'6", and they try and play him in that five because they want to have a similar success or a similar result, like, I think it's important to remind everybody, every single team passed on you in the draft, and then it was not that long thereafter that every single team was looking for the next Draymond. Like, what does that mean to you? And is there another guy like you? Is there anybody playing who reminds you of you? You know, you know what, uh, Jim, I think for me personally, uh, my goal when I came into the league, uh, when I came into the league, I was considered a tweener. And when you were considered a tweener, it was like a death sentence. Like, uh, this guy's a tweener. He doesn't, have really, he doesn't really have a position. That's what it was when I came into the league 10 years ago. Um, my goal was to make the word tweener extinct because the way – the way people looked at it, especially the scouts, was a tweener is a negative thing. The way I looked at it um, as a player was, you're calling me a tweener because I can do a bunch of things. And, you know, you can't really say I'm a three. You can't really say I'm a four because I can do some of all of that. And yet it was looked at negatively. So my goal was to make that word extinct and try to create another path for guys to the NBA. I think I've helped, I've, I've helped accomplish that. Uh, some other guys that I think are a lot like me, um, a little bigger than me in size, but one guy I really respect um, his game. And, you know, it resembles mine now. The offense runs through him more. Uh, he scores a, a bit more for his team. It's Bam out of Bayou. Uh, not quite your typical center size as far as what we've grown to know centers to be. Uh, so it would be considered a little undersized, yet can switch and guard anyone on the perimeter, can guard any post-up guy, uh, block shots, get steals, run the floor, can handle the ball, can pass the ball. Uh, so that's, that's, a, that's a guy who I look at that would be considered undersized for his position, but still causes and wrecks a lot of havoc. So let me ask you something, and you tell me, does this sound familiar? You've got that one device that allows you to catch the game live, and then another that lets you stream your favorite shows, and you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbors, best friends, dads, moms, login for all the good stuff. Yet, let me tell you a better way, a simple way to get all of that entertainment that you love without all that hassle, and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorite together like never before so you can watch all your favorite sports movies and shows in one place that means no more juggling remotes no need to buy another device ever again and the very best part there is no annual contract 
Get rid of the clutter and the confusion. Get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. Draymond Green joining us. Got it. How weird is that, dude, that you just said, I'm 10 years in. Like, I'm telling you, if you really don't know where your feet are, you could lose 10 years. I'm thinking about the fact that you and I have been talking all the way back to your time at Michigan State. Oh, and speaking of that, knowing that, I got to ask you, man, what was your reaction to the college football playoff ranking that had Michigan ahead of Michigan State despite the Spartans winning head-to-head? Uh, I think when you look at certain things like that, um, they, they, they want attention. you know. So how can we cause a little controversy to get you to talk about this ranking a little bit more than you possibly would? And one way to do that is to put a team that just lost uh, and a head-to-head matchup a week prior ahead of another team that just went on the road and lost a tough road game. Um, the way I look at it is we, we have a golden opportunity. We still have Penn State coming into our house. We still have to go to Ohio State, and we still, you know, we take care of business in those games. We still got the Big Ten Championship, and we'll be right back in the top four. We handle business. I have no doubt in my mind that the young Fellas will handle business and get back there, but I thought it was utterly ridiculous that the committee decided to go with Michigan over Michigan State uh, a week after they just they just beat them head up. Train and by green. the way, yeah. Michigan played as good as they possibly could play and lost that game. So I, I didn't really understand the merit behind it. I don't think anybody does. Draymond Green joining us for another moment or so. Draymond, Steph obviously is doing Steph-like things and playing at such a high level right now. I'm curious, what is what are your expectations for Clay when he comes back and gets into a rhythm once again? How do you think it's going to look when he comes back, and how's that going to feel? Yeah, Steph is otherworldly, man. He's incredible. Uh, as far as Clay coming back, um, I, I want to keep my expectations for Clay coming back extremely low. So um, as far as Clay coming back, what I expect from Clay is simply to cause and put a lot of fear into opposing teams' hearts. Uh, when you got Clay Thompson on the floor, the spacing that he brings to the floor because you know he lights out uh, opens the floor for all of us. But to try to put some expectations on a guy coming back from an ACL injury um, that was followed by an Achilles injury, I think it's wrong. Um, I think we all see that this team has potential to possibly make a run, and we all want Clay back and just expect him to come back as Clay Thompson as if he just didn't have two possibly career-ending injuries. And so for me, uh, as his teammate, as his brother, as the leader of this team, my expectations are extremely low, and not because I don't respect Clay Thompson and know what he brings to the table but more so because I know everybody's expecting and going to put the pressure on Clay Thompson to be the Clay Thompson of old right away. And I don't I personally don't think that's physically possible. And even if it is possible and one the one guy that can do that and as tough as nails is Clay, then let him just do that on his own terms and not us forcing him and wanting him to be something that he may not be able to be right away and, and missing the last two and a half years of playing basketball. Draymond Green, my guest. Hey, listen, I don't want to get greedy, but just a quick follow, if you don't mind. When you mentioned that Steph is just 
like otherworldly at this point. I mean, you you know this guy. You've lived with this guy. You've run with this guy. You've won world championships with this guy. And even to hear you say it right now, to call him otherworldly, like what's it like to run with him now and see what he's doing now? I think for me, to see what he's doing now is even more impressive than what he's doing before. Uh, and here's why I'll say that. Here's why I'll say that. Um, number one, the defenses that he faces on a nightly basis are totally different than what they were before. He's always seen blitzes and traps. But, like, at this point, teams are blitzing him at half court because he shoots the ball from so far out. You know, and so I, I, I don't think there's anyone in the NBA, and I love to see a stat that commands a double team as much as he do. You know, you have great scorers in the NBA. They don't get double teams just coming into a game. Now, you get guys that get hot. Anthony Edwards, for instance, last night, uh, who is going to be an incredible player in this league, he got it going. We started trapping him, right? Steph Curry comes into the game facing the trap on his very first pick and roll. And so I just think what he does to defenses and the way they're, they're covering him, and yet he's still able to pr- produce the way he's producing is incredible. I think um, with, with, with Steph, he's 33 years old, now he'll be 34 in four months. Um, to still be playing at this level and, and seems to be getting better is – is insane. And I think for me, most importantly, um, there's two things, but there's one thing, but it kind of combines two. He's gotten so strong and just watching the work that he puts in on his body each and every day has been impressive. And with that added strength has become a much better offensive player, but more importantly has become a much better defensive player. You're not moving him off his spot. He's not a liability on the defensive side of the ball. Guys try to go at him. He's getting stops. He's getting steals, and they're not steals playing in the passing lane. They're steals, a guy trying to go at him. He takes the bump. The guy gets stood up. He knocks the ball away. You know, and so I think for me, um, as great as he is offensively and as much better as he's gotten offensively, it's what he's doing on the defensive end that no one's talking about that I think is even more impressive than what he's doing on the offensive end. I think what I just heard over the last 50 minutes or so is just incredible, like incredible stuff. You and I have done this a lot over the years, Draymond. It, you, not it, you have never been better than today, and you are always good. I want to reiterate, too, Steph's on record as saying that you are, quote, the smartest basketball player I have ever played with. He said that about you. Draymond, I did not mean to keep you so long, but, dude, you were rolling, big man. I had to stay out of your way. I appreciate you. It is so great to have you back on the show, Draymond, and really good to talk to you, man. Thank you so much. Thank you, Jim. It's always a pleasure and an honor, my friend. Let's take a moment and talk about WinBet, the latest and greatest sports betting app on the market. The same five-star hotel service that you know and love is now in the digital betting space, providing an elite sports book and digital casino app. So whether you're playing money lines for NFL Week 10 totals for college football week 11 or both win bet has you covered are you looking for other sports win bet has that too it's all right there for you with your win bet app win bet is also fully integrated with win rewards that means by playing win bet you can accrue points to earn free credit in app and comp dollars towards perks at win resorts discounted hotel stays priority dining and entertainment free merch it really is the best 
loyalty program in the industry. So go ahead and call it a win-win. Whether playing from your phone or your computer, you've absolutely got to sign up for WinBet as quickly as possible. Bet with the very best. Get into the game. Terms and conditions at winbet.com. You do have to be 21 or older and present in the state where playthrough WinBet is available. If you or somebody you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Good friend of the program. He is Howard Beck. Howard, good to have you back. How are you? Doing well, Romy. How are you? Good, good. Howard, good to talk to you. I mentioned that I had a conversation with Draymond Green, and he was in the best of spirits even after getting dinged last night. But then again, Golden State is 10-1, and Howard. I had him on the program. He seemed very happy. I'm curious, what are your early impressions of what you've seen from Golden State so far? Yeah, and I'm uh, coming to you from San Francisco today, as it happens. I was there last night uh, out here for a couple days to uh, visit with the Warriors. Listen, there's no... um, I know that there is this kind of, well, there's a, a skepticism because the schedule was soft and all this. And look, it's, it's early in the season, Jim, and, and I think you know me well enough to know that I am the, the last to overreact to any early starts, positive, negative, or otherwise. Although, uh, if you want to panic about the Lakers, I might buy into that one. I, I generally don't overreact in either direction on these things. But with the Warriors, it's different. Because of the context, this is a team that, before the season began, we all said, look, Steph Curry still playing at an MVP level, had an amazing season last year. Draymond is still playing at a high level. And Klay Thompson, he's on the horizon. We don't know the exact date, but when he's back and with some of the, the, the youth they have, some of the veterans they brought in in the offseason, the outline is there of, this, of a team that could return to contention. But it was all predicated on the idea of, well, let's see what happens when Klay Thompson comes back. So there's, no, there, there's not possibly any negative spin or skepticism that you could put on a 10-1 and start that would um, that would uh, persuade me because what they're doing right now with not just Steph, but for star purposes, for purposes of trying to figure out what the Warriors are in this stage, you know, post the previous version of the dynasty, Steph plus this group going out to a 10 and one start. I don't care who was on the schedule is incredibly impressive and very promising because they've got all this momentum. Now they've got confidence in these guys and, it's, it's all building toward the moment when Clay Thompson comes back. And if he is at all close to the Clay Thompson we have known, and in the meantime, Jordan Poole has taken this leap. And uh, Andrew Wiggins has found a comfort zone and a groove. And Gary Payton II, who no one would have seen coming, is suddenly a really functional uh, and an impactful rotation piece. Well, now you're talking about something um, really substantive. Like this team... Uh, feels for real. And the other part of it, I'll say is this too, is when you watch them play, and as I was watching them last night in, in person for the first time this season, if, you're, if you just not, you know, ignored the numbers on the backs of the jerseys and the names, because Steph and Draymond are the only you know, holdovers from the dynasty run. Everybody else is new, but it looks like Warriors basketball. The ball moves, players move. You know, an older Iguodala is back out there, so I should acknowledge that, too, that there, there is another holdover now that he's returned. But, Jim, it looks like a Warriors team. It looks like the, the group that we saw going to five straight finals, though without 
several of the critical players from that run. Howard, I think you nailed that. I agree with literally every point you just made. I think they're legit. I think they are for real. I think they are going to get better. And for all the reasons you just mentioned, their stars are still stars, and they've got depth, and they've got pieces that fit. They mesh well. They're getting healthy. I love, I love what I'm seeing from them. Now, you did make the point, Howard Beck, my guest, that if you want to panic about the Lakers, you might not talk people off that point. Look, I understand that they were built not to win in November, but much later in the year. I am curious, though. They beat the Heat last night in overtime. They're 7-5. and five. What are your early season thoughts on how they've looked with and without LeBron James? Um, it, you know, that was a good win for them. Granted, it took overtime. Granted, Russell Westbrook took a horrific shot that required overtime. No way. Um, after he, he burned the entire clock and then uh, shot one of his usual errant threes. Um, like moments like that, I know it, it goes down as a win and an encouraging moment, and it was a triple double for Westbrook and everything else. I, I like, I, I hate to be the the downer on this one, but I I don't see that as being some positive. They shouldn't have been in overtime in the first place. Um, and Westbrook's, um, you know, his his decision making there is emblematic of what has plagued him for years and what is now the the Lakers' problem to figure out when they've had LeBron out there. It's not as though any of the skepticism most of us had about Westbrook's fit with LeBron and Anthony Davis has been allayed at all. Like that is still a concern. And the sooner LeBron gets back, the better because they still have to figure that out. And they've got they've got the whole season. That's fine. But Russell Westbrook's not going to become a even you know remotely average three point shooter suddenly at this stage of his career over the course of this season. And you know they still have issues of age and depth and obviously injuries, and even once they're at full strength, you know, is, is Trevor Ariza and, and Taylor Horton Tucker coming back going to suddenly make them uh, a top 10 defensive team again? Um, they've got a lot to figure out. Westbrook's fit, their defense. Uh, I, 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 have, I have severe concerns about where the Lakers are right now, and that's all even assuming that LeBron comes back in a timely fashion and stays healthy for the rest of the season, which at age almost 37 is certainly – clones what do we do when we're craving protein or we need more energy let me answer that by telling you what we don't do we don't reach for a bar or a sugary snack or an energy drink no we want beef pure and simple so where is the beef it's in a package of old trapper beef jerky old trapper is not your old man's jerky shriveled dry tasteless nope Old Trapper Beef Jerky is made from lean strips of steak and quality spices that are smoked over a real wood fire. So it's tender, it's tasty, it's not tough. And why is it so good? Because Old Trapper is a 50-year-old family business known for their relentless commitment to quality. They take smoked beef extremely seriously, and you can taste it in every single bite. Old Trapper is packed with protein, and it comes in four amazing flavors to satisfy all your cravings. Quality smoked meat at its finest that goes with you wherever you go, to the game, to the gym, to the beach, anywhere at all. Old Trapper is in a clear view bag so you can see the quality you're buying. So look for it in major retail stores near you. If you don't see it, ask for it by name because no other jerky compares. Old Trapper, what's your beef? that's a question mark to me, and especially when you consider that injury. Like, remember, you covered the Lakers back in the day when Shaq dealt with that abdominal yeah. injury, 
And that, that was not an easy thing. Howard Beck is my guest. I'm trying to get to as many things as I can before I let you go. So let me jump to this really quickly. What was your reaction, Howard, when you saw Joker take out Markeith Morris the way he did earlier this week? Oof. I mean, I, like everybody else, in, in, in the moment you see it happening in, in real time, it's, it's kind of scary because of the way that, that Morris goes down in a ball and just the, 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 the violence. The, the, the intensity of, the, of the, the violence with which Jokic hit him. Um, I thought the league handled it probably the right way. I wouldn't have argued with a second game on the suspension for Jokic. Morris' shot at Jokic wasn't, uh, wasn't a basketball play, but it was at least um, an over-the-top take foul that would have been properly adjudicated with a flagrant two, which is what he got, and an ejection. Like, that's, that's the right call. What Jokic did was after the whistle, it's now a dead ball, and it's, it's not even remotely a basketball play. It's purely retribution and, and a dangerous act at that. Um, so, you know, I, it, it, was, it was not a great moment for anybody involved. I thought the league handled it properly. But again, you know, the, the one-game suspension, if it had been two, I think that would have been justified too. But Adam Silver has generally erred on the side of lesser punishments than, than not. Um, it's part of what's distinguished him from, from David Stern's reign as commissioner, where you know Stern would be very generous with the suspensions and fines. Howard Beck, my guest. Well, the commissioner's got something much more significant and severe to deal with. What was your reaction to that report from Baxter Holmes on Robert Sarver and the Suns? Incredibly thoroughly reported story from Baxter Holmes. Uh, obviously, he spent, I think, something like a year on it, and 70 people interviewed. And it's not, you know, first of all, even if you if people want to be skeptical about anonymous sources, all right, when it's 70 people all saying they've heard and seen, witnessed virtually the same thing, whether it's the sexism, the misogyny, the racism, the abusive behavior, that, that, that all adds up to something, even if you want to be skeptical about the anonymous sources used. And Earl Watson was on the record, so it's not entirely uh, you know, anonymously sourced. And now that a law firm commissioned by the NBA is going to do its own investigation, I suspect they will find a lot of the same people telling them the same stories, giving them the same information, and then it will have the imprimatur of, of the NBA's uh, stamp on it as an official investigation commissioned by the NBA. And if those things are all verified, and by the way, there could be more that's not come to light yet, I don't see how the league can allow Robert Sarver to continue as a majority owner of that team. But, you know, that is I'm, – I'm, I'm making a couple leaps, right, where it's, it's going to be weeks or months before that report is complete. I'm assuming that it will find many, if not all, and, again, maybe even more of the things that we've read in the ESPN report. You know, that, that is not something that the league can allow to stand, but we know it's very difficult to remove an owner. And the Sterling situation is only loosely analogous. There was a massive smoking gun and a tape that everybody in the world could hear. That's not the case in this uh, case yet uh, that we know of. But, uh, you know, the things that, that Robert Sarver was reported to have said and done were horrific and appalling. And if it's proven that those things happened uh, to the NBA's satisfaction, then I, I just don't see how they can allow him to stay. Uh, look, I agree with you. Let me finally ask you this, though. How much do you think, in, in maybe these two situations are not analogous, but the fact that Don Sterling was forced out the way he was, how much of that, in your opinion, Howard, was a function of the Clipper players and LeBron and others saying that this guy has to go? It was a huge part of it, Jim, and it's an oft-forgotten part of it, and I'm glad you brought it up because it's often viewed as this 
moment that Adam Silver, you know, it's kind of just, you know, strutted into a press conference and said, you're gone. I mean, I, I, I look, Adam's a principled guy, and I think that that's where he would have wanted to go anyway, but it's a lot easier to do when you have the players, the players' union, sponsors, everybody kind of unified, and all that pressure, um, it helps back up what the league is trying to do because you need the support. Adam Silver can't unilaterally do anything anyway. You've got to have the support of other franchise owners. And so uh, the, the, the Clippers themselves, the players themselves during the Donald Sterling fiasco, that made a huge impact. And I think that we have not seen that yet in this case because there is not that tape. Right, We don't have something that everybody can listen to or watch and say, oh, yeah, there's no question here. There's no ambiguity. And so we've seen, you know, whether it's the players' union, whether it's the Suns' players, everybody has kind of, you know, we haven't heard anything from other teams. Everybody's kind of reserved judgment or said, well, the NBA is going to have an investigation. Let's see what happens. When that report comes out, and again, assuming it that it validates uh, and confirms much or all of what was in ESPN's report, I think we will hear from a lot more people then, from players, from the Players Association, from, I would think, other owners, and possibly from sponsors. And that groundswell will, I think, give the NBA a a much better platform from which to act on on Sarver's offenses. He is a senior NBA writer for Sports Illustrated. He is a Sirius XM NBA analyst, co-host of the crossover NBA show with Chris Mannix and Howard Beck and all over all of these topics. Howard, great to have you back. I appreciate you. And it's always good to have you on the show. Howard, thanks so much for doing that. Always a pleasure, Romy. Thank you. Have a good one. Rick in Buffalo. Brother, what's going on? How are you? Just when I was starting to get over the loss in Super Bowl twenty-five, the Bills go and pull that bleep show in Jacksonville. It's one thing losing the home opener to a well-coached Pittsburgh team but quite another mess in the bed against the perennial league punching bag. I guess the one silver lining will be when the video of Herb the Perv groping Queen Danica hits the interweb. And while there's plenty of blame to go around for last Sunday's dumpster fire, the brunt of it falls squarely on the fat ass of offensive coordinator Brian Dable. You're a born and raised Western New Yorker, so I love you, Bri. But it's about time you push those mega stuffed Oreos away from the table, put the whole milk back in the fridge, and update that playbook, big guy. I've seen more creativity in schoolyard pickup games. Although you run a post towards the flagpole and you hook up at the tree would be an upgrade at this point. In no way I can talk about fat slobs, Jim, without bringing up my favorite heavyweight, Caleb in Green Bay. Funny how we haven't gotten an update about his weight loss challenge in a while. I love how fat people find it necessary to post hundreds of pictures from dozens of angles when they lose five pounds, but all of a sudden lose their cameras when they put 50 back on. Come on, Levy. These are the ones we all want to see. How about this, fat man? Post a few recent pics, and it's Thanksgiving dinner on me. I'll apply for the second mortgage now. Where's Stefan Diggs going for 70 and 1,000 in the season's back half? 
Were Draymond Green having the highest IQ in NBA history? And Rick and Buffalo having the highest IQ in jungle history? War Pat Tillman, forever a man amongst boys. Thanks for the vine, Jim. Who loves you, baby? Good night now.